Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. Christian, what a joy to see you again, my friend. We spent yesterday evening recording our One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest episode. In general, a pretty positive episode, wouldn't you Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you agree? I liked it. I liked the movie. There you go. And now we are back as it's time for our January wrap-up show. And frankly, Christian, I'm really excited about this. I think this was your idea. I want to give you credit for this. And I'm just, I enjoy looking at Best Picture nominees like we have and returning to Oscars ceremonies of years past. As, of course, this is our January wrap show and we're looking at the totality of the 1975 Best Picture race, talking about some of the other movies competing for Oscars that year. And I'm thinking a lot about the Oscars these days. Nominations are coming soon for the 2022 ceremony, of course, and so I am I'm wondering about who's going to get those nominations, and this has got me in the Oscars mindset. So I, I want to know, what are your thoughts on this, Christian? Uh, are you excited about this as I am? Are you just kind of curious to compare lists? You know, how, how are you feeling coming into the show? I'm pretty sure I know that, okay, I am much more negative on some of these movies than you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and, and, and so that's that's gonna make our list kind of interesting but our rankings may not be that off from one another yeah maybe they they are maybe they are who knows who knows yeah i think we we will save it because we're going to talk about some of the other categories as we build to best picture and then we will compare our lists we've each ranked the uh, best picture nominees five through one and we will compare and contrast our lists and i am very much looking forward to that as we have very different tastes, especially when it comes to these movies. I think our Barry Lyndon episode, which I think I'm still mad about, <laughs> uh, was a good uh, indicator in that. And so I'm very curious to compare the rest of these lists and how we feel about these movies in context. But first, Christian, the 1975 Oscar ceremony. Really taking place in 1976, of course. It was the 48th ceremony put on by the Academy. And when you look at this list of movies, there are some all-time classics. Obviously, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Jaws are some of the biggest movies that were were some of the biggest movies at that time and still are. Much discussed, much beloved movies. And then there are, like a lot of these older Oscar ceremonies, a lot of movies in here that maybe have one performance that got nominated or some other stray nominations here and there that have kind of fallen by the wayside at least in terms of cultural relevance and conversation for movie fans today. So Christian, my first question to you is how much did you, how much time did you invest getting caught up on this ceremony? And did you tend to find more movies you liked or were you more disappointed? I'm just curious in your general thoughts on this year as you, you and I have now spent some time with it. I spent a lot of time on the, uh, what's the, what's the best way to say this? I spent a lot of time on the best actress and best supporting actress categories because those some of those were movies that have only been nominated in one category and so i tried to look seek those out uh that's honestly where my where my purpose was um overall with all the 1975 movies it's i guess it's not my favorite year in cinema from what i've seen but i've also restricted myself to only the oscar movies movies that have been nominated for at least one so who knows maybe maybe there's just a phenomenal gem out there of like what, what is it? A Boy and His Dog, which I'm trying to get to soon, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, we're going to see. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, you watched more movies in total from this ceremony than I did. I spent what time I had on some of the 
movies that received more nominations. So I caught up with the Best Picture nominees, of course, but the ones that I watched outside of it tended to be movies with multiple nominations. So it'll be interesting to you know compare our thoughts there as well. And 1975 in general is a well-regarded year. Outside of some of these movies that we've discussed, you got really big movies, at least in terms of cultural relevance, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, but also some big movies when it comes to the critical community. Movies like Mirror, which is an Andre Tarkovsky film. Jean Dillman, which is a uh, Chantal Ackerman film that very few people have seen outside of, you know, very dedicated art house film fans. But from what I know of his reputation, it is a beloved film. So you have the this this is a great year for movies, it seems like. But the Oscars always only caption a, you know, capture a certain segment. And I think there are some good ones here, some... Less so, uh, at least in your experience. I know I enjoyed a lot of these movies. So without further ado, Christian, let's get to it. So I wanted to spend some time just looking at the you know the categories along the way to the bigger categories that we will discuss. We're really going to focus more on Best Picture. So Christian, I'm just going to name a category here, and uh, we'll mention maybe the winner and a couple other nominations. But I uh, just want to know your thoughts if you have them. Uh, so first category here that I want to mention is Best Film Editing which Jaws was the winner there. Jaws was the winner, but Dog Day Afternoon, The Man Who Would Be King, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Three Days of the Condor were also nominated. And I believe that was Three Days of the Condor's only nomination, correct? Yes. Um, I'm okay with Jaws winning. I, I think I would have preferred either Dog Day Afternoon or Three Days of the Condor in terms of only editing. Yeah, I managed to see all of these movies. Obviously, we saw Jaws and uh, Cookie's Nest as part of the show here. And by and large, I'm not the best person on film editing. I think these generally are all well-edited movies. Uh, I actually am surprised that Nashville didn't get a nomination here just because it was a Best Picture nominee. It's a massive, almost three-hour movie. and There's a lot of editing going on in Nashville. Yes, and, and I think there's also some fun tricks with editing, like, you know, jokes where they're, one person is talking about something and they cut to something related, uh, things like that. So I'm surprised Nashville didn't get on a nomination, but I'm with you. I think Jaws is a good winner here. Uh, moving on. Best Cinematography. Uh, winner, Barry Lyndon, as we discussed on that show. Also nominated were The Day of the Locust, Funny Lady, The Hindenburg, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I myself did not see anything outside of Barry Lyndon and Cuckoo's Nest. What about you, Christian? I did not either, but if, if, if Barry Lyndon is to win something, I'm okay with it winning cinematography. And, and it also won Art Direction, which is next. I get, give, give it those two. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. One of the most beautifully uh, designed and put together movies of probably just Hollywood history, let alone uh, 1975. But this is a great year for cinematography. The other winners were Conrad Hall, James Wong Howe, and Robert Surtees, all of whom are legends of the game. So uh, these are definitely movies that are on my list for the future. Best Art Direction, as you mentioned, Barry Lyndon was the winner. Also nominated, again, The Hindenburg. The Man Who Will Be King, Shampoo, now we'll get to discuss Shampoo, and The Sunshine Boys. Uh, I did not see The Hindenburg or The Sunshine Boys, did see Shampoo and The Man Who Would Be King. What about you? I have seen Shampoo, but that's the only other one that I've seen. I don't under I don't understand art direction in Shampoo. There's not much going on there. Well, I, I, I don't know. I would say in terms of creating this beautiful world, they do a good job of... Uh, setting the scene, and this is the you know the the award that is now known as best production design. So setting the scene and bringing you in those different types of areas. So like the rich people's party it, for the Nixon campaign, the, the hippie the rich party, party, the, sure, the homes, they don't even and that. spend that much time there. 
I mean, even so, I, I still think it is a, a, a well-designed movie. I'm not angry that it got nominated. I think a lot of times we think about movies like Barry Lyndon, where you're recreating this historical setting that are often deserving winners here. But there's a, a good mix of, of contemporary movies and classical movies here. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say. Uh, the Man Who Would Be King, uh, you know, a lot of exteriors there. So, you know, it's but some good design as well. Uh, moving on, Best Costume Design. Another winner for Barry Lyndon. Way to go. Also receiving nominations that uh, for that were The Four Musketeers, Funny Lady, The Magic Flute, and The Man Who Would Be King. Did you see any of those movies, Christian? No. Yeah. So, sure. I, I honestly would say The Man Who Would Be King, Costumes by Edith Head. She is one of the most legendary costume designers in Hollywood history. Um, I don't know why she got nominated for this movie. Uh, maybe I'm revealing my stupidity here. Uh, a lot of extras, and I think that's part of it. I'm just kind of manning that department. Um, but otherwise, I have no complaints with Barry Lyndon winning here. Maybe I'll see the other movies another time. What a fun conversation we're having, Christian. <laughs> a lot of movies we haven't seen. <laughs> no, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, what are the other cate- the other categories we're discussing? There are sound, score, and original song. Sound went to Jaws. I'm okay with that. Original I song went to well. I'm Easy from Nashville. It's a musical. I hated all the music. No, that's not true. Actually, I love that song. That's probably the best part of Nashville. We're good with that. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say that. But yeah, I didn't see any of the other uh, original song movies. A lot of those, it was the film's only nomination. And that whole category is kind of a joke sometimes. <laughs> so no complaints here. And the best original yeah. score went to Jaws. If it had gone to anyone else, would have been upset. Even though I love Cuckoo's Nest and I think Jaws is cool. But the, the I don't, it's a memorable score. Absolutely, it's one of the most memorable scores. That that theme from Jaws is utterly iconic, and everybody knows that piece of music, even if they haven't seen the movie. You and I knew the theme to Jaws, even though we hadn't seen the movie. So, yeah, an absolutely well well aged winner there. There's also an extra category here for best scoring, original song score, and adaptation. Uh, this is a I have no idea why they ever did this, but Barry Lyndon won, and I think it was because. They're looking at the other movies were Funny Lady and Tommy. So Tommy based off the music of The Who, Funny Lady, a musical based off the, a Broadway musical, I believe. So looking at these movies that are using previously written and uh, done music employed as part of the movie. So whether that would be The Who's music or the classical music featured in Barry Lyndon. But yeah, weird, weird wart. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of all we need to say about these categories. Um, we can skip over the short films. No offense to uh, the well-deserving winners there and the documentaries, which I know we didn't get a chance to see. Uh, foreign language as well. And a weird twist of fate, Amarcord, which uh, is a Federico Fellini film that was nominated twice this year, won that award the previous year and then got a release in the States after it won foreign language film, which put it in contention for other nominations for some reason <laughs> no no so so it wasn't yeah if you know tell me the, the story other, it wasn't eligible for the other awards at that point because it had only been released in italy so it was yeah. able to be nominated for best foreign language film but it couldn't be nominated for best uh i don't know best picture best director stuff like that right then it got an actual release in the u.s and they based the academy awards on u.s release date for those major categories I don't know if they changed the rules or so since that, but it's the last movie to be nominated in two different years. Yeah, I and I would think that was with the change in the rules where they now will nominate something in the year that it's released. And we also have, there are more film festivals these days and things get more buzz, get seen more frequently. 
these days than they did in 1975. So uh, a big foreign language movie like The Worst Person in the World, which is on your top 10 list for last year, even though it has not played much in the States, it's still a widely seen movie, widely considered a 2021 release, even though, of course, it has not received a wide theatrical release and, and won't be in theaters until um, is February. It February. Yeah. So it's February 11th, I believe, something like yeah. that. So that is uh, your little trivia fun fact for Armacord. All right, let's look at some of the bigger categories, Christian, unless you have any stray final thoughts on those categories. No, I'm good. Let's keep going. All righty, Christian. So we'll move on now to original and adapted screenplay. So for original, winner was Dog Day Afternoon, and then also nominated were Armacord, as we said, a movie called And Now My Love, Lies My Father Told Me, and Shampoo. I will say I saw Shampoo and Amarcord. I did not see the other two. So, Christian, I believe you were the same in terms of I'm, 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 in this, blind I'm spots. the same. Dog Day Afternoon, I agree, is the winner. Amarcord is a very, very, very worthy screenplay, I think. Although, I'm not sure if I like the screenplay more or the directing more. I, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. And yeah, I did as well. And I, it's, it is... It, what I didn't know about Amarcord, because I went in somewhat blind, I knew it was a Fellini movie, obviously, but it's really a, a memory film, kind of like, it's, you know, movies like Roma are in the lineage of Amarcord, where Fellini is reflecting on his childhood in fascist Italy, and so it's not the... It's actually, I wouldn't even say it's a memory film, I know that that's the premise, but it's, to me, it's much more of a hangout movie. I did not, I disagree, but... <laughs> uh, I, only because no. I split those things in my head in terms of a, a memory film and a I mean, it, hangout it's movie. begging you to hang out in the town of Amarcord. It, it, it's very grounded in place, and, and it's there's no plot really going on. It's American graffiti esque, really, where it's the characters whom you care the most about, and there's no one character who is taking the lead, except for what's his name, Tita. Yes, Tita is the the main character. So, but even Tita doesn't get that much time. It's more about like the adventures that Tita has and the adventures that the people in the town has, and it's begging you to come and experience these adventures with them. So I'm yeah, I I would I would say it's a hangout movie. So looking at best adapted screenplay, then obviously the winner One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, as we discussed, and then also nominated were Barry Lyndon, The Man Who Would Be King, another Italian movie Profumo di Donna, and The Sunshine Boys. Um, which, again, has come up a couple times, and neither of us saw. So uh, I'm fine with Cuckoo's Nest winning here as well. We talked a lot about the adaptation and the strengths that it brings to the movie, and uh, the adaptation process is part of what wins you the award here. It's not just having a great script. It's also adapting the source material well. I obviously enjoy the screenplay for Barry Lyndon quite a bit. I know you do not, but... Oh, I think um, it's I'm... garbage. Yeah, whatever. So Christian. Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest is good at winning. Yes, I I wanted to see the Sunshine Boys. I I'm not familiar with Neil Simon at all. Have you? I know you had you had some theater experience, uh, especially in your college days. So did you ever encounter his plays? I, I've encountered some of his plays, like Brighton Beach Memoirs, Star Spangled Girl, um, The Good Doctor, The Odd Couple. I'm familiar, but I've never done a deep dive. Yeah, I I'd like to see some of his work performed, and there's plenty of movies to watch as well. I, I was hoping to catch up with Sunshine Boys before this, but could not. So. 
moving on, Christian, we finally have some acting here. Uh, let's look at Best Supporting Actor and Actress. So the winner for Supporting Actor, a shame we didn't see Sunshine Boys because it was George Burns for the Sunshine Boys. Also nominated, Brad Dourif from Cuckoo's Nest, Burgess Meredith for The Day of the Locust, Chris Sarandon from Dog Day Afternoon, and Jack Warden from Shampoo. Uh, obviously, we can't speak to Burns or Burgess Meredith as you did not see The Day of the Locust, correct? I did not. So... Uh, we can't really comment on Burns' win. I'm sure he's great. But uh, out of Dorif, Sarandon, and Warden, did you have a, a favorite from those three? Oh, man. Is, okay, which, is Leon the the wife? Y- yes, the, the... Um, yes, yes, the, 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 the trans woman, um, which yes. is why the actor portrays her before she transitioned. Um, yes. Okay, I think I, I think he did a pretty good job, and I'm saying he because the actor himself is not trans. Right. Um, I think he did a pretty good job. I would I would I would go with Brad Dourif out of uh, out of those. I I think it's Brad Dourif. Yeah, from from those three, you know, I wish I had a chance to see George Burns again. But of those three, I probably would have given it to Dorif. He is he is very good in Cuckoo's Nest, not just evoking the the stutter and the depression of the character, but it's just a great performance. Um, this this young man who falls under McMurphy's uh, loving influence. Um, Serenin is very good uh, in his limited scenes in Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, there's a uh, a scene uh, where the, he's talking on the phone with Sonny that is just incredible acting from the both of them. Uh, I was kind of surprised Jack Warden got a nomination here, honestly. He's great in Shampoo, but <laughs> like, I didn't notice it to be anything particularly exceptional. So, uh, good good job, Jack Warden. Uh, looking over at Supporting Actress, speaking of Shampoo, the winner was Lee Grant, playing Felicia, one of the uh, lovers of uh, Warren Beatty's character there. We also had Ronnie Blakely and Lily Tomlin from Nashville, and then Sylvia Miles from Farewell, My Lovely, and Brenda Vaccaro for a movie called Jacqueline Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough. Uh, <laughs> never heard of that, Christian, <laughs> until I, looking at these Oscar films. I've seen four of those. I have not seen Jacqueline Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough. I got it from the library. I just never got around to seeing it. Let's be clear. Farewell, My Lovely is a trash movie. Oh my it gosh. is a hot <laughs> pile of awfulness. I hate it. I hate Christian, it so much. Anyway, I saw that you gave it a one-star review, and that almost motivated me to watch it, even though I was focused on multi-nomination films, purely because I wanted to see if you were right or wrong, as other people I follow on Letterboxd have given it much nicer star ratings. Three, three and three? a half. So, <laughs> the most it's ever gotten is three. I, I follow people who have given it three and a half star ratings, Christian. Oh, there are wow. people who have given it more than that. I'm just saying... It's a Robert it's a Mitchum, cliched, Philip Marlowe movie. Sounds up my alley. It's a cliched neo-noir that bears, that, that does nothing. It's just a man speaking with the blindfolds down the entire movie. It sucks. All uh, right. I'll have Lee to watch Grant, it and then bring my thoughts to next week's episode. Sure. Whatever. Whatever you say is going to be wrong unless you agree with me. Lee Grant was fine. Lee Grant was great in Shampoo. I am completely okay with her winning. The Nashville Girls, so forgettable. That is incorrect, but I am surprised uh, that there were two nominations for Nashville. Obviously, a very expansive cast. Um, Ronnie Blakely and Lily Tomlin are great. Um, Just in terms of, yeah, obviously I haven't seen enough movies to fully comment on this. I'm totally fine with Lee Grant winning. She is wonderful. Moving on to leading performances now. Best Actor, of course, Jack Nicholson winning for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Also nominated were Walter Walter Matha from The Sunshine Boys, Al Pacino for Dog Day Afternoon, Maximilian Schell for The Man in the Glass Booth, and James Whitmore for Give Him Hell Harry. Christian, uh, it blew my mind that you watched Give Him Hell Harry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Any thoughts on James Whitmore? He's fine. No, he he's pretty good. This is the one time where you can truthfully say this is not a movie, it's a video. <laughs> Shout out to give him hell Harry. Uh it it it's it's very much a video, but um I disagree with this category. It should have been 110,000% Al Pacino. Interesting. I I really like the Pacino performance. I'm not surprised that Nicholson won. Uh, In terms of comparing the two, we can maybe save our thoughts for when we discuss the Best Picture nominees, um, just in the interest of time. Um, Best Actress, we have Louise Fletcher, of course, winning for Cuckoo's Nest as well, as discussed last week. Also nominated were Isabel Adjiani for The Story of Adele H., and margaret for Tommy, Glenda Jackson for Hedda, and Carol Kane for Hester Street. So that category features three nominations where it was the only nomination the film received. Uh, that, of course, Fletcher, part of the Best Picture winner, and Tommy picked up a couple of nominations um, outside of Anne Margaret. But, Christian, I know you were able to see three of these five. I only saw one flip of the cuckoo's nest, so I have nothing extra to add. Um, do you have anything that you wanted to say on uh, the other nominees? I liked Louise Fletcher. I will say I probably prefer Isabel and Johnny. Uh, the story of Adele H is a is a lovely, lovely period piece about the daughter of Victor Hugo. It's um, not a it's not a sobering film in in that she's portraying a very perturbed individual and and to to see her seemingly her seeming sanity deteriorate. It it, it was kind of gripping to watch so i think i would have gone with her i will have to put on the list i have not actually seen any francois of a francois truffaut's films he's obviously a major figure in film history especially as he's related to the french new wave and so just somebody that i he's i need to start crossing some of his movies off of my blind spotting list uh the 400 blows probably first among them maybe his most well-known film moving on to best director of course, Milos Forman won for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Also nominated were Federico Fellini for Amarcord, Stanley Kubrick for Barry Lyndon, Sidney Lumet for Dog Day Afternoon, and Robert Altman for Nashville. Uh, Christian, I feel like our feelings on this category might belie our feelings about who what should have won Best Picture, but um, how do you feel about um, Forman's win, uh, at least compared to the others nominated here? I'm, I'm not mad at it, but he's probably third on this list for me. Um, I mean, looking at it, he might be as well. And it's partially because this is one of the most stacked best director lineups we have ever had. Oh, <laughs> it's not that stacked. Like... Two of these don't need to be there. Goodness gracious. In terms of individual figures on this list, we have some of the most influential filmmakers in history. From Fine. You can say Foreman that. and Fellini to Stanley freaking Kubrick uh, to Sidney Lumet and Robert Altman. Just some titans of filmmaking all nominated here. Very tight category. And I... I admire the direction of so many of these movies and they're I all accomplishing don't. i can't wait to talk about it christian really can't there's a lot of challenges here uh so we'll save our actual thoughts for best picture as it is time wait wait, wait. give give me your number one though who do you think should have won it i i i i'm a little bit torn um i i probably would have gone kubrick if i was voting at the time okay um yeah there you go do you want to share your number one uh it, it would have been lumet okay so now, here we go, looking at Best Picture. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course, was the big winner. And as we discussed on the show, so were Barry Lyndon and Jaws. Also receiving nominations were Dog Day Afternoon and Nashville. So, Christian, 
Uh, briefly, want to share some thoughts on these two movies. I know you had completely divergent reactions to these two films. So let's start with Nashville, a movie that you did not like. <laughs> I think Nashville is one of the definitions of mumblecore. I what? think what I <laughs> hated most of this movie was how everyone's dialogue is toned down to the point where you don't really need to pay attention. Now, you don't necessarily need to have a through line, but none of these characters are, are in the frame. Nothing is bringing the story forward. And um, uh, unlike Amarcord, which has the narrator giving you kind of the, this invitation to enjoy it, this is supposed to be cynical, but nothing here matters. I don't really care about Barbara Jean or any of the other Nashville country singers. Man, did I dislike this movie. Man, did I hate a lot of it. Oh my goodness. Why why is this a thing? Anyway, Christian, you go. there are many things I love about you, and one of them is the ability to look at a Titanic American film like Nashville, which by many is considered one of the greatest American films, one of Robert Altman's best films, and to be able to spit in its face. And I actually do respect that about you as discussed on this show, but I think you're quite wrong. <laughs> Most notably in that it is not a Mumblecore film, partially because of its time period. Mumblecore is a modern-ish phenomenon, but it's a, a almost three-hour American epic featuring a cast of 24 characters <laughs> singing their way through Nashville and also uh, commenting on America as, uh, as a country, as an idea, as a project in democracy. And I think, uh, I, you know, I didn't come out of Nashville thinking it was my personal favorite movie from this year let alone uh even favorite altman movie which i haven't seen enough to really make a list but um i i think it is more successful than it's not and so many of these characters uh are so lovable even at their worst and that th this is one of the movies that made me think the most just in terms of thinking about america about its uh, successes and its failures as a country and i think altman is getting at quite a bit and and for that i understand why it is well loved and well received and i be interested to read some writing on nashville as i think there is a lot going on that i'm not even be privy to looking at it with 2022 eyes being born 20 years after it was it was made it's commenting a lot on uh you know america in the 70s uh so i like this movie a lot more than you but dog day afternoon christian uh judging by your letterbox review is a movie that you liked quite a bit more dog day afternoon is a five out of five star movie it is a miracle it is a lovely fantastic thrilling depiction of how capitalism fails of how the system fails um and i'm not saying i am for or anti-capitalism i am saying that this movie says a system has taken an individual and broken him to the point where the only way that he can get money for himself because he can't be a part of a union is to take a bank hostage it has the best al pacino performance i have ever seen Oh my goodness. It has, it's so comedic and so heartbreaking. It's one where you're definitely the criminal here should have won. Oh yeah. Uh, in terms of criminals winning, hell yeah. Give me so many, so many words, sir. Wolitzer, Wolitzer. I, uh, I, I, I just, this is, um, 
one of my favorite things about you, Christian, is Dog Day Afternoon, another widely beloved American movie uh, you are completely uh, on the same page with. And, uh, of course, the best thing about movies is, is finding movies we love. And so I'm, I'm very glad to, to see you having a five-star movie from this lineup. I agree. Obviously, quite a good movie. Um, Lumet's direction, as you noted, as your favorite um, from that rank uh, from that group of nominees is incredible. Just in managing to pull together this movie that is not just locked inside this bank and being able to get the right setups and get great performances out of the actors, but also he uses this real life incident to comment on, again, comment on America in this time period. And that is something I think a lot of these movies have in common is they are commenting on American society at large. Um, A lot of the movies that I watched seem to be making, you know, even outside the best picture race, we're interested in these grander themes and topics. And you see the ways that Lumet is not exploring things deeply, but dropping them in the ways that the crowd, you know, who they side with in any given moment, are they siding with Sonny, the bank robber? Are they siding with, you know, the police? Are they siding with others elsewhere? Uh, Commenting on, uh, in a very bold way, uh, LGBT issues uh, in a time where they were not frequently foregrounded in film. giving honest and fair portrayals of uh, a gay person, of a transgendered person, uh, at a time period when they were often used as the butt of jokes or just completely ignored in film. Um, And being able to make a movie that has so much on its mind and confine it to to such a small space is an incredible feat. And you have this amazing Pacino performance at the center. Yeah, so I I am not with you. Uh, It's not a five-star movie for me, but I am with you in that it is certainly a deserving Best Picture nominee and one of the better movies of 1975. All right, um, let's do our rankings. It's time. Five to one. We're going to go five to one, and we are going to share our lists. We'll each give our number five each give our number four all the way to one and then we will just compare and contrast each other's lists so christian what is your number five movie (laughs) nashville and mine christian is one floor over the cuckoo's nest that's interesting okay (laughs) okay hot take artist no more christian it's me i'm the one with the hot take best picture winner nah worse from the lineup moving on christian your number four i already know is barry linden it is barry linden yes (laughs) And my number four is Nashville. Uh, so then num- on to number three, Christian, it Jaws. was Jaws. Jaws. Uh, for me, also, I would say Jaws. Okay, then my number which means, two is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which means that your number two is Dog Day Afternoon. That is correct. And then my which number means, one is Dog Day Afternoon, and your number one is? Barry Lyndon, baby! Let's go! Okay. My boy! Okay. <laughs> Okay, the, I, 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 we don't have that much time left, so I want to do an exercise with you. Ooh, an exercise. Very teacherly of you, Christian. <laughs> let's, make a, let's make a joint list. Well, we have number three figured out. <laughs> okay, so let, let, let's do it then. Number three is Jaws. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type that in here. Can we agree <laughs> that number five is Nashville? Uh, well, it's unfortunate because you're a hater, but because I also ranked it at number four, I think, yes, it makes sense to put it at the bottom of our joint list. Okay. Then that leaves Dog Day Afternoon, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Barry Lyndon. Here's the thing. I'm okay with putting One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest at four, as much as I disagree. (laughs) And I will say, obviously, I want to, you know, talk about the movies a little bit as well. Uh, If you listen to the episode, you know, I liked this movie quite a bit. And in fact, I like 
all of these movies. Barry Lyndon is the one that I love. It's my favorite from this year. Uh, I think this is an excellent crop of Best Picture nominees. It's just for me, there were things that I liked about Nashville, Jaws, and Dog Day Afternoon more than I liked about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So it's nothing against that movie. I'm not even mad that it won Best Picture. Uh, just It was my personal least favorite. So thank you uh, for, for allowing me to put it at four as you had it at two. Um, okay, so we have two and one. So here's the thing. I'm going to throw you a bone and we'll put Barry Lyndon at one. And that's only because we put Birdman at one last year. <laughs> Consider my debt repaid. A movie repaid. that you are obsessed with and that I love. <laughs> and then we get Barry Lyndon, the movie that I love and that you hate. <laughs> I don't Maybe no, not hate. I a movie don't, that you don't feel strongly about. I, I It's legitimately a 50% movie for me. <laughs> So, so what's our list, Christian? It's Nashville at five, Cuckoo's at four, Jaws, Jaws three. at three. <laughs> Shout out to Spielberg. Uh, uh, day Afternoon then, at two, and Barry Lyndon at one. Even though it would probably have made more sense to put Dog Day at one. How about that? <laughs> I'm being kind and generous. Look at you being kind and generous after you were so unkind to these movies. So this, uh, as a crop, it, it seems that it's a movie that I feel much more strongly about than you. Uh, you really did not like Nashville, and were not nearly as positive on Barry Lyndon as I was. But I feel that you love Dog Day Afternoon perhaps as much as I love Barry Lyndon, and are obviously quite a fan of Cuckoo's Nest and Jaws, just like I was. So, all in all, Christian, as you look at the, you know, as you think back on the month, what'd you think? Just was it a, a month that you were you were okay with? A month that you were pleased with? I am pleased with the month. I guess what I'm, I don't, I don't, okay, maybe I'm let down in, in the sense that people say 1975 is one of the best years ever in movies. What I have seen isn't proof of that for me, but I, I haven't seen enough. So I'm, I'm willing to keep watching to, to see if anything props up. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll watch uh, Kurosawa's Derzu Uzala and think, man, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the foreign language winner that year, uh, Kurosawa's late career film, filmed in the Soviet Union, out of his native Japan. Uh, definitely a movie that I would like to see as well. Yeah, and nine, obviously the 70s are widely considered um, one of, if not the best decades for movies. And 1975, at least as Oscars go, is considered a, a fantastic lineup of Best Picture winners. All five of those movies in general are well-liked uh, and well, even well-loved in critical and... Um, regular circles alike i don't know what the comparison is <laughs> critical and common circles uh who's to say i think criticism can be common but that's neither here nor there uh and i'm glad that we took a look at these movies as i liked legitimately every single movie that i watched for it whether it was also checking out emmercord from fellini or watching the man who would be king a movie that has its problems especially as um uh, with the rudyard kipling of it all but still a very enjoyable adventure with sean connery and Michael Caine. How did I forget okay. his name? <laughs> uh, I mean, just those two uh, enough are worth the price of entry. So Michael Caine, uh, you mean Alfred? <laughs> yes, of course. He had a believe it or not, he had a long Oscar-winning career before that. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, no, no. Yeah, He's the guy just, from the Prestige. Of course, this was just a a fun year to to get a closer look at, and I am looking forward to hopefully future seventies excursions with you, Christian. So a quick reminder of our list, our, our shared list that does not quite reflect the taste of either of ours, I don't think. But number five, Nashville. Number four, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Number three, Jaws. Number two, Dog Day Afternoon. And number one, 
my guy, Barry Lyndon. Thanks, Christian. <laughs> is Barry that Lyndon is... a five out of five star movie for you? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, so we'll disagree on that probably until the day that we die. And that is our 1975 blend of the month. If you have participated with us, thanks for coming along for the ride. And we would definitely encourage you to check out a lot of the movies nominated for awards this year. Uh, M record is available on HBO max. Just if you're on that streaming service, check it out. Nashville is a bit hard to find. It is. I rented it on voodoo. Uh, Christian got it from the library. Uh, a lot of these movies will maybe be at your local library. Dog day afternoon is also on HBO max. So do check out these movies. If you have the opportunity, a lot of great filmmakers, a lot of great actors and in general movies that, uh, that Christian and myself have enjoyed. I think you had some uh, less positive reactions, but there's, there's a lot that you liked, right? I'm uh, not crazy. Sure. <laughs> Glowing endorsement <laughs> from Christian. Uh, Robert so Redford Christian... should have been nominated for Best Actor for, for Three Days of the Condor. Shout but out, we'll shout out to on. Robert Redford. <laughs> I like that movie. I have some problems with it, but what can you do? Next month, of course, is February, Christian. But also, you are in charge of the blend of the month. I was able to curate 1975 here, so go ahead and tell the listeners what is coming down the pike. In honor of Moonfall, we will be doing our top. What a, what a clause! What are we'll be doing our top five apocalypse movies at the end of the month, and we're going to start off by doing two apocalypse movies a week. Uh, I've taken apocalypse movies to be either the world has ended or the world is ending. So we're we're gonna we're gonna look at different variations of it, and we're gonna start this first week by looking at the OG nineteen sixty eight Planet of the Apes and the twenty fourteen Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So not Dawn, but we're looking at the second movie of the trilogy. Wait, Dawn is the second movie of the trilogy, right? No, I'm pretty sure Dawn is the first. <laughs> Hold on, the subtitles of those movies are whack. Okay, the original is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The second uh, one is Dawn of the Planet of the then Apes. Then we're going to watch Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Like, seriously, Dawn comes before Rise, does it not? Like, come on. <laughs> but either way, neither here nor there. So I, I am excited. I love the modern Planet of the Apes movies, and I'm, I've not seen the originals, so I'm excited about that. Do you want to tell them what's uh, what else is coming down the road, or want to keep a surprise? Oh, um... Moonfall is coming down the road, and we're going to be pairing Moonfall with Independence Day because they're directed by the same person. Uh, the other two, I'm I'm still I, I might be switching around a little bit, and so I'm going to keep those two secret. Alrighty, I like it. I can't believe you're going to make me watch Moonfall, but I get to watch Independence Day again, so I'm fine with it. That's what's coming up next in February here on the Cinema Drip Podcast. Check out uh, the original Planet of the Apes, which is on HBO Max, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I don't think is streaming anywhere right now. Isn't but it, it is on legible. HBO Max too? I don't think so, but you can check me on that. While I say thanks for listening, obviously we appreciate all the support um, that you guys provide us as you're listening out there to the show, so thank you very much for doing that. Uh, there are a few things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get us a rating and a review if you can helps us reach new listeners uh, on those platforms especially on things like apple Podcasts. so please we love to shout out our reviews as well if you want to leave us a five-star review 
You can also send us your thoughts to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. We love sharing listener feedback here on the show. Our friend of the show, Paul Gonzalez, was once again featured with his Magic May 2.0 idea. And we'd love to know if you have some other blend of the month ideas for us. Obviously, we want to talk about movies that you're going to be excited to watch and listen along with. So feel free to give us your thoughts at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show and myself on Twitter and Christian on Instagram. And Christian and I are both on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we're watching. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? It is not available on HBO Max. It is not available, folks. You're going to have to get it from the library or rent it. (laughs) But the OG is on HBO Max, as are a lot of the sequels, I think. So if you get really into Planet of the Apes, the fever catches you. You can keep going with it. I might just do that. Until next time, which is our Sundance bonus episode with Christian and his roommate Tyler Penn, or if you're not inclined, the Planet of the Apes episode. This has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.